God is so good, and uh, I want to talk to you this morning about the goodness of God. And uh, over the last uh, several weeks, we've been going through a series called The Change. And we've talked about how uh, the law against us says that we should have to, we have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And uh, we've learned that God gives us a new mind and a new heart and a new spirit uh, at that new birth. And today we're going to kind of wrap in that last one, the new strength part. So if I was going to title tonight, uh, this morning's message, uh, The Change, we're going to talk about new strength, or really, uh, I want to talk about healing and hope, uh, healing and hope. And, uh, you know, we all go through weakness in our bodies, but how do we go through weakness in our bodies, difficulties in this world, suffering, sickness, disease, or just discouragement? Uh, uh, we go through any kind of weakness, but how do you go through weakness uh, in your life and not lose your worship? How do we go through weakness and not lose our worship? You know, our heart, our mind, our, our soul are each affected by this, this body, this physical body. Uh, I've seen Christians oh, be overwhelmed by the a mental thing, depression, to the point that it makes them sick. So it's all connected. You can have a spiritual issue uh, and be worried and stressed. You can have a financial issue, an emotional issue, all of that stuff. Uh, and the way your body is, if your body is weak and tired and you're sick and you're, you're throwing up uh, and, and you're in bed and you're, you're not going to feel very joyful, right? Uh, there's things, all of it's connected. And so how do we go through this as a Christian without being overcome by despair uh, or depression? And when our strength grows weak... How do we go through it without our faith following? How do you continue to trust in God today when your strength fails you? Look with me today in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And we'll be in several places today. But Mark chapter 12, verse 30, this is our, our verse we're going to solve today. And Jesus says, this, we know this, the great command. He says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. God, I know that you are a strong God. Lord, and we are weak. Many in this room today might be weary. Lord, people hearing this message today may be overwhelmed by things that is in their life or in their body. But God, you have enabled us to be able to love you with all of our strength. And so, Father God, anoint me to speak only what you have for me to speak today. Lord, I know your anointing is here in this room. Lord, it's just a very tangible today, your presence. And God, I pray that you're going to accomplish some great things in our hearts and our lives today. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. God demonstrated his great love for us, gives us his whole self. Jesus Christ, he loves us. God uh, puts his whole self into loving us by giving us his son. And he says, in turn, now you've got to love me with your whole self, uh, all of your strength. And that word strength there, when we think of it in the body, you know, mind, heart, soul, body. Uh, but that word strength there really means this. It means your energy, your might, your intensity, and your power. How do you love the Lord with your energy, with your might, with your intensity, with the power that is in you, your physical body? And how do we love God, though, with all of our strength when it doesn't feel like we have any? How do you love God with all of your strength when it doesn't feel like you have any? I'm going to talk about weakness this, this morning. Just kick it off. Where, do we, where does this weakness come from? Where, do, where is the source of our weakness? What are some things we're weak with and why are we weak? 
You know, in the Bible, it's true that um, sickness and disease and different things were uh, sometimes seen as punishments. Uh, in the Old Testament, God often gave uh, sickness, disease, pestilence, things like that uh, to the enemies of Israel. And even to Israel uh, themselves, when they would walk away from God, they, sometimes God would send a plague or God would send sickness among them. And even individuals in the Bible, uh, even we see that were uh, disobedient to God, God would send sickness in their life. But, you know, a false theology today for the New Testament believer would think, man, I've got this issue in my life, I feel weak, I feel weary, and you know, we're, God's left me, maybe God's judging me, maybe I've done something wrong. Now, while that sometimes can be true, uh, we get this false theology today that says, well, this is your fault. Maybe you're do, you've done something wrong to, to get this in your life, or God has left you, or maybe you begin to feel like, you know, I deserve this, this situation. I lost my job, or I've got this disease, or I've got this situation in my life. Maybe I've, I've done something. I want to tell you, even before we begin, I want you to remember that even the faithful get sick. Even I'm going to give you some in Scripture, because there's some doctrine out there that I want to correct this morning. Even the faithful get sick. Do you know that both Jacob and Elisha, the great prophet, on their deathbed were sick, and they died according to that sickness? Even Jacob and Elisha, Israel and Elisha, became sick. Uh, Genesis 48 and 2 Kings 13 says, "...in their last days and died." Daniel was sick for a few days, even after seeing a great vision from God about the end times. Daniel had so much of a great encounter that his body got weak and he was sick and God had to come back with an angel and strengthen him. Paul, the Bible says, was sick in Galatia. The very reason we have the book of Galatians is because Paul on his journeys got almost uh, deathly sick and landed up in Galatia and those people took care of him and he wrote later a letter to them. That's the reason we have that book. Uh, Epaphroditus, who's a disciple of Paul, was sick almost to the point of death, Philippians 2. Timothy, uh, Paul writes about his frequent stomach ailments in 1 Timothy 5. And Jesus teaches us that even though, yeah, you can say some sickness, some weakness in our bodies, some of this stuff is maybe a spiritual cause. Sometimes it's a sin issue. Sometimes it can be uh, even a demonic issue we see in Scripture. Some sickness comes because of, a, because of a demonic attack. But Jesus says to one man, about one man, He says, this is really given for the glory of God. This sickness, this thing he's going through has really been given for the glory of God and simply that sickness is in the world today. Weakness and weariness and depression and tiredness uh, and just pure exhaustion is in the world today because of the fall of man. Go back to Genesis. We look at the Bible. Adam and Eve rebel against God. The curse comes in. He says, hey, uh, from this day forth, you were once dust and to dust you'll return. Your body is going to continue to decay until you get to that place uh, where it's no more. And we get a spiritual issue. Uh, number one, it's a spiritual issue. Romans tells us that our, our bodies are subject to lawlessness and rebellion, that my body just wants to sin. It's held captive by sin, that the disease of sin, uh, it is a disease, it, 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 it permeates my body, that it in itself, I can't break this thing. I, I'm sick with sin. It's, it's just natural to the human body. And that, that spiritual sickness comes along now, and it translates into a physical thing. Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he tells us, he says, you know, our, your bodies are undergoing decay. They're under distress from the curse that your spiritual or your physical bodies can't inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to be renewed and they will not last forever. So what's the hope then today for the New Testament Christian? What's the hope then if we know this is the status of our life? God gives us a new heart, new mind, new soul, uh, our new spirit. 
But what's the status of our physical bodies? What is, what's the promises that God has for you as you go through tough times in your life? If you go through weakness, you go through weariness, you go through sickness or disease, what are the things that God is wanting to tell you today? I think sometimes we get through, uh, there's a process of, of weakness or sickness that we go through. Let me give you some example. First thing that we, um, they say is that we go through denial. Things come in our lives and you say, well, this isn't really as bad as it is or, or I don't believe this situation or circumstance. It can't be. Uh, and sometimes we get to that place and we go to the next place. We get angry at God. I say, God, how can you do this to me? Or you get mad at your family, your friends, because you're just stressed out because of this uh, horrible situation in your life. And so we, we get angry and say, God, I don't deserve this. I I'm bet you shouldn't have done this to me. Or then we get to the place where you go to begin bargaining with God and you begin to say, well, God, okay, I believe your word or I know this, this is a provision. So, God, if I'll get back into church, if I read my Bible, if I pray, I begin to bargain with God and say, God, okay, let's work this out. This is your promises. And, God, if I do all this, then you begin to do this. And, God, if I'll begin to pay my tithes, then you'll begin to help me in this financial situation. Or, God, if I, if I begin to uh, just believe more or get to this supernatural secret level of faith, that's where I tap into this un... Uh, on su the supernatural power where I'm overcome. You know, I'm going to get to this higher level of thinking. We begin to bargain with God and say, God, well, I'll do this, God, if you do this. And if that doesn't work, we get to a place called depression. We just say, you know what? It's, it's, it's done. It's over. I can't help it anymore. I'm just down in the slums and we never see from you again at church. You're, you get isolated. The devil tries to get you alone when you're weak and weary and he just begins to try to devour your mind, your heart, and your soul. That's where we naturally are. But we have a God who delights in those who trust in His strength. We have a God who delights in those who find their strength in Him. You know, people who make their strength their God, people who are consumed with their image, people who are consumed with their physical health, people are consumed with the things of this world. The Bible says when those things are taken away and weakness comes in their life, that they just vanish. When you put all of your energy, you put it all into your status of your finances, you put it all into the status of your health and what you're able to do, there'll be coming a day where one day you won't be able to even dress yourself. That's coming for all of us. There's coming a day where we won't have financial... Maybe you'll, you'll lose your finances or there might come a day where you lose your physical health. There might come a day and if your strength is... Or if your God is your strength, you're going to vapor. It's going to be uh, 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 turn into nothing. The life will be swept away from you. But God delights in those who find their strength in Him. Think about Job. Job had it all. Man, rich guy, good guy. Uh, and God sees and loves Job. And God has a supernatural plan for Job's life. And Job, uh, we, I'm just paraphrasing the story this morning. Job uh, becomes weak and weary. God uh, sees fit in His sovereign plan for Job to allow the devil to attack him and to take his health away from him, to take his kids away from him, to take his riches away from him. And Job begins to cry out to God. And he goes through all those levels. You know, denial and bargaining and, and, and depression, anger. But Job gets to the place where he realizes the hope that is found only in God, that his strength is only in God, that God is sovereign and that God is good. And I'm here to tell you today, if you have weakness in your life, if you have weakness in your body, if you have weakness in your mind, our weakness is always an opportunity for God to get the glory. Your weakness is always an opportunity for God to get the glory. And Psalms 73, verse 26, 
I think it's on the street, uh, back on the uh, screen today. But it says this, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. How do you go through your life and be able to quote that verse? You have a horrible situation come into your life. How can you, what is it, what are the things that are there inside of you? What is God going to do for you that you can say, God, I know my strength may fail, my heart may fail, but God, you are the strength of my life. You are the strength of my heart forever. I'll give you three hopes today. Three hopes today. Somebody here this morning, say amen. Three hopes. There are three hopes in Jesus Christ if you are fight, facing weakness in your mind, your heart, your soul, your body today. Three hopes. Number one, the first hope is a hope in His strength, a hope in His power. Uh, look with me in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verse 4. The first hope is a strength uh, in the strength and the power of God. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of sin and the devil. God loves you so much that he thought, saw fit to send his son to destroy all of the things that were against you. Uh, in his new covenant, it frees every single believer from sin. Romans 6.22 says, and gives eternal life. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes inside of the believer, gives you a new heart, new soul, new mind. And he says, I promise you a new body. A new body. Look in Isaiah 53, verse 4. He says, uh, the prophet says, Surely our griefs he himself bore, Christ, and our sorrows he carried, and yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through our, uh, pierced through our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, his stripes, we are healed. You know, I think we, um, we read this verse a lot, especially at Easter, and we talk about the cross and the passion. One of the things I got out of that this week is this. Christ is so strong. You have to, I want to inspire your faith this morning. I want you to get your mind around how awesome God is. That Christ is so strong. It says that He bore every weakness of every man that was affecting Him mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that Christ was so strong when He went to the cross, He was able to bear your weakness and your weakness and your weakness and my weakness. The things you go through in life in your mind, the things that you fight against that you're unable to break, the things that are going to overwhelm you, even the things you haven't gone through yet in your life, it's already been born on the cross. Somebody say amen. It's already been handled. He says, I mean, that's, think about how strong of a guy, of a dude, that you'd have to be to bear your and strength. His strength would have to be able to bear my weakness. Man's like, God, I can't go through this. God, I can't handle this. It's too much for me to bear. And Jesus on the cross did that for every single person. From Genesis to Revelation. That's how strong your God is. He can take every mental issue, every depression, every weakness, every anger, every, everything that is sick in your body, every disease of your soul. And he says, Christ is so strong, he bore every weakness. His cross heals us of every physical, emotional, and spiritual disease. And you are promised total transformation by that same cross. Total transformation. It's already been provided. It's already been done. It's finished, right? So what do you do today now? I say, okay, God, all right, get my mind around this. I'm trying to follow Pastor Heath this morning. God, your word says that Jesus Christ is so strong, he was able to handle everything I ever will have a problem with weakness. Okay, got that. And you promised me, God, total transformation, mind, spirit, heart, and body. 
There's one day and it is finished that everything will be made new. But what do I do? Okay, still, Pastor Heath, what do I do between now and then? What do I do between the time I get saved and the time that I get my new body that we're promised at the resurrection? Because I don't receive that new body yet. Even though you get saved, you still got this thing to deal with. I get saved, but that doesn't mean I don't still have fighting depression. I get saved doesn't mean my body doesn't still want to sin and lead me back to where it was. I, I get saved, but yeah, I still have sickness that may come in my life. I get saved, I may fight weakness uh, and worry and stress and all this stuff. So what hope do I have in that strength? God's mercy not only pardons you of your sin, but His grace provides you unmerited favor. You're not only pardoned, you're favored. And that's what you have to understand about God's strength. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. We read it this morning already. Isaiah 40, verse 29. A prophet, again, he's, already, he's saying stuff about Christ, but go back a few chapters. He says, God, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, He increases power. Somebody say power. Power. He, he, all right, let's go say that again. To him who lacks might, He increases in power. Come on. The youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. They'll walk and not become weary. Okay, now, is that physical or is that spiritual? Because somebody, uh, many pastors would take that verse and say, well, that's just a, a metaphorical thing, Pastor John. That's just God comes over you and you just feel these goosebumps and that, you know, there's just... Uh, you know, he's going to give you strength in the new day. In the last, and that's totally true. In the last day, you're going to have a new body. You're going to mount up with wings like eagles. You know what that really means? In the ancient day, they believed that when eagles plumed, they shed their feathers, right? And they got new feathers that they were a new eagle. That was just an ancient theology, an ancient belief. Kind of like the, we talk about the phoenix today. You know, the, a bird that burns up and... Anyway, okay. So those of you who don't have a clue what I'm saying. But anyhow... When an eagle would mount up and have new wings, it would be a new eagle. That's what the theology of the ancient world was. And so when Isaiah, he kind of taps into that and he says, yeah, okay, we believe an eagle can flap its wing. But he's going deeper than that. He says, not only is it flying and soaring above the clouds, that that eagle is born again. And Isaiah taps into this and says, hey, there's a born again experience with Jesus Christ coming. And there's going to be a day where you feel like you can't handle it. But let me tell you that Christ Messiah can handle all of your weakness. Christ Messiah, Jesus Christ can handle every disease, every mental uh, problem in your life, every emotional problem, every relational problem. He is so strong that he is able to give you new strength and it is going to be physically and it's going to be spiritually. But what about the is it now or is it in the future? We got Jesus and his character, man. He's he's a high priest, he sympathizes in our weakness. Uh, he comes to the, uh, uh, the world that day and on the first century says, hey, come to me, all you are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And he speaks over their mind, their body, their soul, gives them just a fullness of the presence of God in them. But also, God is a God who's not above touching people by his strength physically. Even though, Let me give you some examples. While Jesus is going to touch your mind, your heart, your soul, He's going to give that born-again experience. You're going to feel newness of life. You're going to feel joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You're going to have hope. God is not above touching people physically. You remember Caleb. Caleb at 85, God gave him supernatural strength to fight against a whole city of giants. At 85, took him down. You think about Samson. 
Samson was one dude. He was able to kill 1,000 Philistines with a jawbone. Tell me God didn't give him supernatural strength. You think about Elijah. Elijah was given strength to outrun a chariot on foot. I don't know if you ever tried to do that in your free time or not, but it's probably impossible, okay? Uh, he, he was given supernatural strength. And Paul, even in the New Testament, was uh, preaching and was stoned almost to the point of death that the, the people who stoned him came over him and thought he was dead and left his body there. But then when the disciples uh, came over him, he stood up, went back into the town and started preaching again. Come on. You believe God still does that today. They'll mount up with wings. They'll, they'll have new strength. Yes, I believe God spiritually is going to give you strength, but I also believe God can physically give you strength to accomplish His purpose for your life. You don't feel like you can do it. God, I don't have the strength to get up today and go to work. Uh, God, I don't have the strength to be married anymore. God, I don't have the strength to parent these kids anymore. God, I don't have the strength uh, to go through life anymore. You better believe God is powerful enough that on the cross He bore that weakness. It's finished. And you have to trust in His strength. There is hope in His strength. And look with me in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 8 and 9. Later, Paul... Now, this Paul guy who gets back up, he's already experienced Christ physically uh, and spiritually... Paul goes in uh, later on and he's going through a thorn in the flesh moment. He's going through a, a time of personal weakness in his life. We don't know if it was physical or if it was mental or emotional or if what, what, whether, whatever it was, relational. It may have been all the above. But he faces this personal weakness in his life and it is getting to his head. It is getting to ever affecting... He can't even eat any longer. And he gets to this place where he's pleaded and pleaded and pleaded with God, God, you've got to help me in this weakness. Lord, I know I've seen you do it before. God, I believe your word. God, I've already experienced you uh, spiritually. Give me this new strength and this joy. I know there's hope in Jesus Christ. God, I've seen you touch my physical body uh, when I was in Galatia. And God, I've seen you touch my body when I got stoned uh, and thrown off a cliff or shipwrecked in a snake bit, whatever. And he says, Jesus shows up and speaks to him. And we read this verse in the church a lot. And Jesus appears to him and he says what? My grace is sufficient for you. Pause right there. God's grace on the cross of Christ and His love, His unmerited favor is sufficient for you. It's enough. It will supply all your needs. And he says, Jesus goes on to say, for power, they're hoping in his power, power is perfected in weakness. Here's the same Christ who came as a man, weak, crucified on the cross as a criminal, and rose from the dead in the power of God. Paul goes on to say, so now hearing that, I most gladly, therefore, I'll boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. You have to follow me this morning. What is Paul saying? He's saying, I'm going to worship in my weakness. I'm going to worship in my weakness because the cross was enough. The grace of God, it was enough. That it was sufficient that the cross was sufficient to bear every emotional pain, 
every physical pain. The cross was sufficient to bear every relational problem, every financial problem. That when I become weak and weary, Paul says, I'm going to begin to worship and then the power of Christ is going to begin to dwell in me. And the more I can be weak, in fact, the more I can be weak, the more He's going to fill my tank up. And He's going to get more glory the more I'm weak. And so therefore, Paul says, I'm enjoying my weakness because the power of God just begins to fill my tank. And that means more glory, more worship for Christ. And so if you're here today and you're weak, God promises to provide you strength as you worship Him. I want you to take hope that God says that you are the object of His total affection. Think about it, church. When you love somebody, you seek to please them, right? So in your marriage, uh, those of you who are married here today, or you got your kids. When you love someone, what do you do? You seek to please them. Man, I'm, I'm looking at buying my daughter stuff for her birthday already. You know, I'm, I'm seeking to please her. I don't get anything out of it. Just the joy on her face when she opens the presents, right? You know, and, and that's love. You seek to please the other person. God in Christ... He sought to please you. He sought to send this son. And he, that means that you are the object of God's total affection. I don't know if you're believing me this morning. That God in heaven says, all of my strength, all of my power, all of my might is solely directed to you. Y'all here this morning? Do you understand that the God of the universe says, hey, don't worry. All of my power. All of my strength. I'm not focused on anybody else. I'm not creating other worlds out there in the universe and, and, and getting my, oh, I'm losing my attention span with you or forgetting what you're going through or, or being absent in your trials or No, 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 no. All of my strength, all of my power has been solely directed to you since I created you. There's my grace has been poured out sufficient in your weakness already. My strength is going to be filled up into you and give you power as you begin to boast in this weakness. And so all of His promises are for you. And whatever He's already provided in the cross of Christ is enough. And so if His direction and His power is directed toward me, here's what Paul says. I realize that God has poured out His grace and sufficiency for me. And so what do I do? In my weakness, I begin to pour out my love to Him. His focus is on me. My focus is on Him. And so if you're weak today, I want you to remember this. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, he says, Don't consider yourself. Don't think about yourself. Don't think about what you're going through. Yeah, be real with it. Don't deny it. Don't be bargaining with God. Accept what happens in your life. Yes, I've lost my job. Yes, I'm sick in my body. Yes, I, I'm not... We don't have to worry about whether you're claiming it or not. You have a case in your life for weakness... That's true, but you're not to be overwhelmed by it because the author of Hebrews says this, not to consider yourself, but consider Jesus, Him who has endured such hostility by sinners against Himself so you will not grow weary and lose heart. How many people are ready today to worship God in your weakness? How many people are ready today to say, God, I believe that you are my strength. God, that on the cross of Christ... Because here's the problem, church. I'm just be totally honest with you this morning. The problem is, is when we're, Christians are overwhelmed by the things of this world, it's a lack of faith. 
and who He is and what He's able to do. We don't have the eternal perspective of a God who, who can speak the universe into existence and says prophetically before the foundations of the world were ever written or, or made, He says, I can provide strength to the weary. Before you ever had that problem in your life, you already fulfilled it. It's already done. It's already given. And so I think my goal today, before we, I, I feel like I need to pause on this moment because I know there's some here in the Spirit that are not understanding me. You must believe in a strong God. You must get to the Scriptures and believe God is all you need. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, now you're with me. The hope first is in His strength. The two, the hope is in His healing. Hope in His strength and hope in His healing. You know, it's God's nature to heal. You've got to understand that from the very beginning. What kind of God do you serve? What kind of God do you serve? Israel, before the very beginning, even before he did anything, God declared, he said, I am the Lord, your healer, the great physician. Before he ever healed them, when he delivered them out of Egypt, before he ever healed a single person, he says, I want you to know something. Before you go into the wilderness and before you go through trials and circumstances and before I begin to test you, I want to tell you something to remind you and inspire your faith. I am the Lord, your healer. Nobody else. Not you, not the things, other gods in the, in the world, not other situations or people or, or doctors. Those things, doctors are good, medicine's good. But the Lord wanted you to know before you ever got sick, before you ever got weak and weary, He is your healer. Somebody say amen. amen. Give me some biblical examples as we move forward this morning. You know, think about, you've you got to get the whole picture of, of who God is. You know, Jesus comes to the earth. It says that He healed the blind, the lame, the leper, the deaf. He raised the dead. It says that he healed a woman with a 12-year uh, issue of blood, the hemorrhage who had no hope from the doctors, that he healed a nobleman's son with just a word, even not even touching him, just a word from a town away, and the fever broke. God was willing to do that. He rebuked even, even little things. What I like about God, even little things. He comes to get supper at Peter's house, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick in the bed uh, in the back room, and she's not able to do what most women would want to do is entertain her guests. And, P, uh, and Jesus even healed a fever. And, and that she got up out of bed and was able to make him food. Maybe he wanted food. I don't know what kind of meal. Maybe she's a good cook and he was missing out. But he was willing to even heal a fever now. That's a headache or a migraine. God was even willing to heal a, a, a broken leg or a stubbed toe. I don't care. God's nature is the nature of compassion and love for his children. And so Jesus, knowing that and demonstrating who God is, He comes to the earth and He says, okay, now I'm going to give my disciples authority to heal every kind of disease and sickness in Matthew 10. And then even after Pentecost, it says that Philip healed many paralyzed people that were lame in Samaria, so it didn't end with Jesus. He went to the disciples and Peter's shadow healed people in the streets. Paul, the Bible says in Acts 28, verse 9, healed many people with diseases. And Paul even said, even after the apostles, that the gift of healing or the gifts of healing have been given to the church. That it's something that's going to be in operation uh, until Jesus comes again. In James 5.15, James, at the end of his life, writes this epistle to his church. Uh, and he says, hey, call for the elders of the church and anoint them with uh, the people with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And the Lord will raise up the sick and He'll forgive their sins. It's something that we believe in and we have to hold on to today. Why? Because it's a God who heals. 
our hope in a God who heals. Think about this. Uh, what is it about that when James says it's about faith? Sometimes we get in this little... Uh, I, I remember when I was younger, I used to think that, okay, well, I must have to have some secret supernatural faith uh, to believe in either a healing for myself or believe in a healing for someone else. That's like, okay, maybe I don't have it. Maybe I, maybe I need to like work myself up. Maybe I got to go shut myself in a room. And, and that, hey, praying and fasting is the foundation of any ministry. But maybe I need to like read more or learn more. Maybe I need to listen to a bunch of guys on healing or read some books on it. Or, or what is it that that we can't? I can't see this in my life. Or all that stuff. I think just begins to fade away when I begin to realize it's about who He is. Healing has always been about who He is. Yes, He desires you to have faith, but it's not a a supernatural higher plane of faith. It's a simple faith that Jesus Christ is the Lord, your healer. He is Messiah. He is Savior, that He is sufficient in who He is for your healing. To the woman with issue of blood, He says, hey, your faith has healed you. To the Roman centurion who came for his servant and just said, Hey, I believe you, Jesus, that you are the Messiah. And he spoke a word and that servant was healed from a distance. Jesus said it was the faith. It was that guy's faith. It none, he had not met anybody like that guy, that, that kind of faith. Paul discerned. He was preaching one time. Paul was in a house church meeting preaching. Uh, and he was, as he was preaching the gospel, he discerned by the Holy Spirit that a man in the audience uh, had the faith of Jesus Christ to be healed. And so Paul told him, stand up. And he was healed because of the faith and not just this supernatural, I believe in mysticism, I believe in a higher plane of faith. Yes, I'm saved, but I've got to get to this deeper level. No, no, no. It was a simple faith. God loves you. Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross. God has a plan for your life. Something very simple like that. You know, I think when we're weak, things come in your life and you get weakness, you, you're just stressed out, you're overwhelmed. It's really hard to have faith. You ever notice this? Man, when you're worried about something, or where's the next paycheck coming from, or, or am I going to live for another year, or uh, I can't think because the pain in my mind right now is so heavy. I, it's really hard to read the Bible. It's really hard to pray. It's really hard to have any hope. And Jesus because of his nature and who he is, look what he does in Scripture several times over. Those that were weak in faith, you know what he often did? He would come to them and he would either lay his hands on them, he would hold them by the hand, he would touch them, or he would tell them to go do something crazy. They would break up their mental routine. He'd say, you know, go wash yourself or I'm going to spit in your eyes. I might try that later after church. Is anybody willing volunteers? You know? Because it had to mess with you to, to think, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm in faith. I have to take that step of faith and I trust this guy. Do you trust Jesus Christ with your body today? Do you trust Him with your finances? Do you trust Him with your mental state? Do you trust Him with all that you have and all that you hold dear and say, God, it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. I trust in a God who declares He's all I need. He's my healer. That's His nature. Because I wonder sometimes we... We like to say, yes, I'm saved. Yes, I love God. Yes, I'm called according to His purpose, Pastor. Yes, I I believe and I read the Scriptures. But when trials and testings come, we kind of forget that and we begin to hold on to everything ourselves. God, I can fix this. 
God, I can handle it. Or, or we say, yes, God, I need you. But then we start acting like we're taking care of it. Or God, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, how can I do this? God, I'm going to work all these things out. Yes, I'm praying on the side. But at the same time, on the inside, I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I'm trying to fix it. Do you have faith in simply who He is? You know, I don't understand everything about healing. Some people are healed and some people aren't. But God is sovereign. God loves you. God paid the price for you on the cross. And it's not about being strong in your body today or being strong in your situation or strong in your mind. It's about being strong in your faith. I think God wants to raise up a new generation here today in America of people who could just trust in who God is. Not what He can do. Not just, I'm not looking for signs. I'm not looking for a handout. I'm not looking for an easy road. I'm just trusting in what I know Him to be and who I know Him to be. You see, it's not about faith in a healing. It's about faith in a healer. It's not about faith in a healing. It's about faith in a healer. Somebody say amen. amen. Do you have faith in who He is? His nature. His good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And so I hope in His strength. I hope in His healing. And I also hope in His resurrection. When I'm going through weakness, I hope in His resurrection. You know, our real hope is beyond this world. Romans eight eleven. Divine healing, even if I get healing in my life, even if I get a supernatural touch of God in my life, it's only a taste of something to come. You know, when we worship here on Sunday mornings, it's only a taste of something to come. One day the dead in Christ, the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the dead in Christ will rise, will be changed in a moment, transformed to be like Him. Our dying bodies will be transformed into immortal bodies. The dead uh, will rise. And, and all of this stuff we go through will be no more. Anybody got hope for that? Anybody looking forward anticipation to that? Okay, five of you. We love you. Come with me. We're going to heaven, all right? This is true, church. Can you imagine this is true? This is really, really true. You know what? There's a lot of things on your mind and on your plate. There's a lot of things in your life. You've got a job coming with you on Tuesday. You've got a barbecue maybe tomorrow. There's a lot of things in your mind right now. Maybe you're thinking about I'm going to tell you something that's more true than any of that. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be resurrected from the dead. You believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to see Him face to face. Amen? Truer than anything. Truer than 2 plus 2 equals 4. Truer than any scientific theology out there. Truer than, than what the world's status is. What your body, your doctor's report says. Truer than anything else is that if you believe with, with your heart and confess with your mouth that who Jesus Christ is, you're going to one day just be awakened to be flying through the air. Can you imagine? Some of you don't like roller coasters. You're going to have a shock. Because you're going to be going at the speed of light past the atmosphere into the heavens. Man, that's true. You know, I've got to remind myself, church, I've got to remind myself this. You know, this week, our leadership team knows, my, and, and I had already had this sermon prepared, that my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer this week. You know, and it was an attack on our family. But you know what? I know one thing. I have hope 
in who God is. I have hope in His strength. I have hope in His healing. And at the last day, I have hope in His resurrection. I have hope in a new body. That There's nothing that's going to overwhelm me. It should not overwhelm us, church. There is hope in a God. And so our challenge is not to lose hope, but to strengthen ourselves in Christ. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, that even though if you outwardly you're wasting away, inwardly you can be renewed day by day. And even Peter adds on to it. He says, you know what? In 1 Peter 5.10, you can suffer for a little while, but the God of grace will call you to His eternal glory in Christ and He will perfect, He will confirm, He will strengthen and establish you. That's your promise. That's your promise. I want the strength of God to establish me. I don't want to look to my strength. I don't want to look to the strength of this world. I don't want to put my hope in my finances. I don't want to put my hope in my physical body. I don't want to put my hope in my health. I put my hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't put it in any circumstance. And so whatever you suffer now is going to be nothing compared to the glory He'll reveal to you, Romans 8, 18. And then till then, you and I have the Holy Spirit with you as a foretaste of heaven, and you know that you are a child of the Most High God, that He loves you, and all of His promise and His power is for you. And so we wait patiently upon the Lord. Renew our strength and trust His Word. Somebody say amen. 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 This week, God woke me up several times. And you guys get that ready for a moment. 